POTUS IS IN THE HOUSE. Fellow neighbors in North Central Indiana, when the President won last in uh, 2016, the first decision that he made was who to choose as his running mate. And boy, did he make a great choice. He was looking for a man of courage and conviction. And we had one right here in Indiana. He was looking for someone who served this nation in Congress and served it well. He was looking for a man who knew how to run a state and ran it well. But the most important thing about the man who I'm about to bring up on stage is he's a man of faith. Mike Pence has the courage to tell you he stands with God always. And today that takes courage. And he's got that courage. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to welcome to our hometown, Elkhart, Indiana, the Vice President of the United States and the Second Lady, Mike and Karen Pence. Well, hello, Indiana. It is great for Karen and me to be back home again. And I want to say thank you to Curtis Hill, a son of Elkhart, Indiana, for doing a great job as Attorney General for the state of Indiana. And it really is great. It is really great to be here with a friend of mine. The man Indiana voted overwhelmingly to make the 45th President of the United States of America, President Donald Trump. You know, I'm, I'm here today because I stand with President Trump. And I'm here because 
we stand with all the great conservative leaders from Indiana who've supported our agenda, like Senator Todd Young, Congresswoman Jackie Walorski, <laughs> Congressman Larry Bouchon, Jim Banks, and Congressman Todd Rokita. Give them all a big round of applause, will you? And my fellow Hoosiers, we're here because now that the primary is over, President Trump and I want Hoosiers to know, we also stand with the next great United States Senator from the state of Indiana, Mike Braun. You know, it's the greatest privilege of my life to serve as Vice President to President Trump. He's a man of his word. He's a man of action. And how about all the action this week? This president took action on Iran. We saw progress on North Korea, and the new American embassy will open in Jerusalem, the capital of the state of Israel, on Monday. You know, what the world saw this week is an American president who embraces his role as leader of the free world. Sure. President Trump withdrew the United States from the disastrous Iran nuclear deal. He slapped sanctions on that leading state sponsor of terrorism. And early this morning, I stood on the tarmac of Andrews Air Force Base as President Trump welcomed three brave Americans back from captivity in North Korea. I'll never forget it. It was humbling for me to be there. And it never would have happened without the strong, clear, resolute leadership of President Donald Trump on the world stage. But you know, it's not just this past week. The truth is, the only way you can describe this administration over the past 16 months is with four words. Promises made and promises kept. I mean, think about it. Think about it. President Trump promised to rebuild our military, restore the arsenal of democracy, and not long ago, he signed the largest investment in our national defense since the days of Ronald Reagan. This president promised to take the fight to terrorists on our terms, on their soil. And thanks to the courage of our armed forces and the leadership of this commander-in-chief, ISIS is on the run. Their caliphate has crumbled. U.S. coalition just captured five of their most wanted, and we will soon drive them out of existence once and for all.
here at home. Here at home, President Trump promised to stand with those who serve on the thin blue line of law enforcement. And every day of this administration, we have worked to give our law enforcement personnel the resources, the tools, and the respect that they deserve every single day. And our president promised to enforce our laws and secure our borders. He's already signed the biggest funding increase for border security in nearly a decade. He sent the National Guard to the southern border, and this president secured funding for the first 100 miles of a new border wall. I promise you, when it comes to that wall, we're going to build it all. And this president has also stood for all the God-given liberties enshrined in the Constitution of the United States, like the Second Amendment and the unalienable right to life. He promised to appoint strong conservatives to our federal courts at every level. And last year, President Trump set a record for the most Court of Appeals judges confirmed in a single year, and he put Justice Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court of the United States. It's been promises made and promises kept, my fellow Hoosiers. And since day one, this president's also been keeping his promise to get this economy moving again. He promised to roll back the heavy hand of government. President Trump has signed more laws cutting federal red tape than any president in American history. He promised to unleash American energy. We approved the Keystone and Dakota pipelines. We rolled back the Clean Power Plan. And President Trump put America first when he withdrew the United States from the Paris Climate Accord. And this president promised to crack down on unfair trade practices. And I can tell you, President Trump's been fighting every day for trade deals that are free, fair, and reciprocal, and put American jobs and American workers first. And finally, our president promised to cut taxes across the board. And with the strong support of every Republican in Congress from Indiana, President Donald Trump signed the largest tax cuts and tax reform in American history. It's promises made and promises kept. I mean, think about it. We cut taxes for working families. We cut taxes for job creators, businesses large and small. In fact, when we were cutting taxes, 
We also eliminated the individual mandate tax at the heart of Obamacare. It's gone. And President Trump's leadership has been making a difference here in Indiana and all across the country every day. Since Indiana voted to send him to the White House, businesses have created more than 3.1 million jobs, including 33,000 new jobs here in the Hoosier State alone. <laughs> Manufacturers have added more than 315,000 good-paying jobs. In fact, there's been 8,000 new good-paying manufacturing jobs just here in Elkhart, Indiana. I mean, the unemployment rate hasn't been this low since the year 2000. And in fact, Elkhart County has the fifth lowest unemployment rate in America. I mean, as I stand before you today, my fellow Hoosiers, I say with absolute confidence, jobs are coming back. Confidence is back. And under President Donald Trump, America is back. And we're just getting started. But you know, despite all the progress we've made, we've got a lot more work to do, men and women. But the truth is, our administration is faced unprecedented obstruction from Democrats in Congress. Truth is, Democrats have stood in the way of almost every major reform President Trump and I have put forward. It's been one obstruction after another by the Democrats, including Indiana Senator Joe Donnelly. I mean, look, Hoosiers deserve to know time after time when this President asked Joe Donnelly to support the policies that Indiana needs, Joe Donnelly voted no. When, when the time came to cut your taxes, Joe voted no. When the time came to repeal and replace the disaster of Obamacare, Joe voted no. When the time came to empower Indiana to defund Planned Parenthood, Joe voted no. You know, Joe's even thinking of voting no on Gina Haspel to be the director of the CIA, despite the fact Gina Haspel is an American patriot. She's been endorsed by CIA directors from both parties, including Indiana's own former Senator Evan Bayh. I don't know about the rest of you, but I think Indiana deserves better. My fellow Hoosiers, Indiana delivered for us in 2016, and President Trump and I know that Indiana is going to deliver in 2018 again. When we reelect strong conservative leaders in Congress like Jackie Walorski, Larry Bouchon, and Jim Banks, when we elect new leaders in Congress like Jim Baird and a fellow named Greg Pence,
And Indiana will deliver for America again when we send Mike Braun to the United States Senate this November. Mike Braun is a job creator. He built his business right here in the Hoosier State. He's a conservative who I've known for a lot of years. I know he's going to bring Indiana values to our nation's capital. And when Indiana elects him, I know. Mike Braun will stand up for Hoosiers. And Mike Braun will stand with President Donald Trump. My fellow Hoosiers, I want to say from my heart, on behalf of my wife and I, I want to thank you for the honor you've given us to serve our state and to serve this nation as Vice President of the United States. Thank you. Karen and I will always be grateful for the support and the prayers of the people of Indiana, and we feel them every day. But looking out at all of you tonight, I just know, with your continued support, with strong conservative leaders representing Indiana in the House and the Senate, with President Donald Trump in the White House, and with God's help. We will make America prosperous again. We will make America safe again. And this man will make America great again. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my high honor and distinct privilege to introduce to you the 45th President of the United States of America, President Donald Trump. thank your former governor and your current vice president and he and Karen are doing an unbelievable job for our nation. Thank you, Mike.
You're making Indiana proud, and we are all making America proud. We are rocking. We are rocking. So I'm thrilled to be here tonight with the incredible, hardworking patriots of the Hoosier State. Hoosier. And I don't know if you see what's going on outside, but you have a lot of people outside that want to get in, but they're not getting in because this place is packed. This place is packed. This is truly an exciting time for our country. Jobs are booming, remember? I told you, I told you. Confidence is soaring, and optimism is at the top of every chart. This is a great time for our country. A lot of things happening every day. We are unlocking new opportunities for prosperity and for peace. All of these changes are happening because America is being respected again. At 2 a.m. early this morning, and by the way, I got back to the White House at 4:30 a.m. And somebody said, "Oh, that's okay. You can cancel Indiana tonight." And I said, you just don't know the people of Indiana. I don't have the courage to cancel. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, I had the incredible honor of greeting three brave Americans who had been held in North Korea. And we welcomed them back home the proper way. And on June 12th, in Singapore, I'll be meeting with Kim Jong-un to pursue a future of peace and security for the world, for the whole world. And the relationship is good. But do you remember everybody in the fake news where they were saying, He's going to get us into a nuclear war. He's going to get us into a nuclear war. And you know what gets you into nuclear wars? And you know what gets you into other wars? Weakness. Weakness. So the relationship is good, and hopefully, I mean, for all of us, for the world, hopefully, Something very good is going to happen 
and they understand it's very important for them, it's important for everybody. So Japan, South Korea, China, everybody, I think it's going to be a very big success. But my attitude is, and if it isn't, it isn't, okay? If it isn't, it isn't, but, and you have to have that because you don't know. We're not gonna be walked into an Iran deal where the negotiator, John Kerry, refused to leave the table. What a deal, what a deal. But here at home, the great news keeps rolling in 3.3 million new jobs since election. If during the election, and by the way, how great is Coach Bobby Knight? How great. Oh, we love our coach. Remember he came in? He called me before I was running. I didn't know him. They said, Bobby Knight's on the phone. I said, what does he want with me? I never announced. I was thinking, but I guess he read, and he said, Mr. Trump, I hope you're going to run. I said, check and see whether or not this is Coach Knight. But actually, when I heard that voice, I knew it was Coach Knight. You can't <laughs> duplicate that. And I took his number. I said, Coach, I'm thinking about it. He said, you're going you're gonna to win. If you, if you run, and does he know about winning? And if you run, you're going to win. So anyway, I put his number down. And I was coming to this area. By that time, we had a big lead. But they said, Indiana. And a friend of mine said, if you could get Coach Knight, that would be a great thing. I said, you know, he called me like a year ago. Let me see if I can find his number. And on my left, I had a pile of papers like this high. And I said, let me see. I lifted up thousands of pages of junk. Some actually pretty important. And I lifted it up, and there's this little thing, Bobby Knight's cell phone number. Isn't that great? Right? And I go, bum, 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 ba, 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 ba. And he picks up the phone, and he said, I've been waiting for you to call. Believe that? And he came here, and we sold. I don't know what the hell that arena was, but it was a big one. And they went crazy. And Lou Holtz and Coach Katie. Right? Coach Katie, Lou Holtz, we had them all. Coach, by the way, not from this area. But he's one of the greats of all time, Coach Belichick, right? Great guy. We got to love him. No, no, we love him. We love him. He knows how to win also. But we had a lot of coaches. They like us. They understand winning and they like us. And that's what we've been doing. And if we would have told you during the campaign that we would create 3.3 million jobs in the short time 
everybody back there, the fake news media, look at all of them. They're fake news. Everybody back there would have said, can you imagine? He's saying we're going to create 3.3 million. Can you believe it? We would have been, but you know what? We understand. We understand. And, and today, today, in the history of our country, just came out, right? We have the most jobs available in the history of our country. Just came out. I like that. We like that. We like that a lot. Because we have a truly great country, and I've been promising you those kind of numbers. The unemployment rate is at the lowest level since the turn of the century. African-American unemployment has reached the lowest level in the history of our country. Remember, I used to read stats, Hispanic, African-American stats, and I'd read, and it said high crime rate, lousy education, this, this. I'd read like six. And one day in front of a massive crowd, 25, 30,000 people, I said, vote for me. What the hell do you have to lose? And you know what? They did. They did. And my people all said, oh, that was not nice. I said, it's true. Because the Democrats, who are just obstructionists, that's all they can do. The Democrats have had a lock on the Hispanic vote, and they've had a lock on the African-American vote no longer, no longer. So the Hispanic unemployment Likewise, is the lowest, think of it, in the history, in the history of our country. It's the lowest. So you have African-American, Hispanic, women, women, women. Do we love women? Women. The lowest unemployment rate in 18 years, I'm sorry we didn't make it in history, but we're catching it. It'll soon happen. I'm disappointed with that. Can you imagine? My most disappointing stat is women. It's the lowest unemployment rate in 18 years because all of the others are history. But I have a feeling the women will soon be history, too, because that's what's happening. And all of the great momentum that we're having as a country on jobs, on safety, on security, on our military, 
It's all at stake in November. You know, I don't think we've ever done better as a country. Certainly, the economy and lots of other things. Look at all those beautiful red hats. Those beautiful red hats. Lift them up. And I like the white ones, too. Make America great again. Lift those whites up there. But it can disappear quickly. You know, what we did was unprecedented in the history of our country, really in the history of the world, what we did with this election. And the strides that we're making have never, ever been made like this before. But it can also disappear if you put fools and if you put the wrong people in. It can disappear. I mean, Nancy Pelosi said yesterday, Nancy Pelosi said yesterday she wants to end the tax cuts and raise your taxes. I said, tell me, is that like good politics? You know, it's not about politics, but think of that from a political standpoint. I don't think her party was too happy. But you know what? That's her thought. That's what they want to do. They want to raise your taxes, end your tax cuts. They want to have open borders where everyone flies into our country. That's not happening. So this week, you nominated an incredible slate of Republican candidates, many of whom I know. And you have to work every day between now and November to elect more Republicans so that we continue making America great again. And by the way, this is the first for Indiana. Our new slogan for 2020, you know what it is? Keep America great. Keep America great. Because we're doing so well that in another two years, when we start the heavy campaign, make America great again wouldn't work out too well, right? It's going to be keep America great, because that's exactly where we're heading. But don't tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know. We want to save that for a surprise. But I do like that. And you know what I paid for that slogan? You know, a lot of these people, the politicians they run, they pay millions of dollars for ideas like that. How much did I pay for that? Zippo, Zippo. And I have great respect for the process, but in all fairness, Obama, President Obama, paid $1.8 billion for hostages. You, not me, you, last night you saw it. And again, it's leading to some very big things. And I think that 
Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un did a great service to himself, to his country, by doing this. But those hostages came out with respect. We didn't pay for them. We're going to set the table. We're going to make a great deal for the world, for North Korea, for South Korea, for Japan, for China. So what he did was the right thing. But they came out for nothing. And the others came out for $1.8 billion in cash. Can you believe that? We're honored to be joined by a friend of mine and somebody who's done a really, really good job, somebody that's respected very, very highly, Senator Todd Young. Todd. Where is Todd? Where is he? See? That's a great politician. He doesn't even want a good location. He is of the people. Thank you, Tom. We also welcome the largest vote winner in Indiana history, except for Trump, Attorney General Curtis Hill. Where's Curtis? man who's done a great job. A woman who has been of tremendous help on the tax cuts, on getting rid of regulation, which maybe is just as important. Right, Jackie? What do you think? Jackie Wolarski. Jackie. Done a great job. And some congressmen who have been incredible. Larry Bouchon. Where's Larry? Larry, great job. Congressman Jim Banks. By the way, somebody that just fought an incredible campaign, a really good guy. And I'm not sure I would have been here. You know, we're talking two days ago. Very effective. A terrific man, Congressman Todd Rokita. Thank you, Todd. Great job, too. He fought tough. They all fought tough. That was a tough race. But we have somebody here who won that race, but we'll talk about him in a second. Let me also congratulate two of our new Republican nominees for Congress first, a proud Army veteran who earned two Purple Hearts, Jim Baird. Jim's going to really do well. Jim. Great, Jim. And second, a man that I know Mike has been rooting for for a long time. I'll tell you, Mike loves his brother who won by a very big margin. I don't know 
Was that a bigger margin than Mike Pence won by? I don't know, Mike. That was a big margin. Greg Pence. Greg. Finally, a big congratulations for Indiana's new Republican nominee for the United States Senate, Mike Braun. That was a good race. Get up here, Mike. How about we let Mike for a second interrupt my speech? Is that okay? Come on, Mike. One of the neatest experiences of my life was spending 30 minutes riding with the president. And you wouldn't believe the advice you get, and it's great advice, and I'm going to incorporate it. Yeah. You know, when I started this journey almost a year ago, I traveled the state, spent a lot of time in the North, and wanted to make sure this was going to end up with a good result. Would not have done it if I wasn't inspired by what this man did in 2016. He, he cleared the field systematically and really, that was the inspiration for doing it. And I can guarantee you, when I get there, I'm doing it for the right reasons. I'm a businessman and an outsider, just like our president. And you can count on me to be a true reinforcement and the guy that is going to retire Joe Donnelly. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And we need Mike Braun in the Senate, and that's going to happen. That's going to happen. He's an incredible guy and ran a really incredible race. Now, if Joe Donnelly, Sleeping Joe, and the Democrats get back into power, remember what I said. They will raise your taxes. Who wants to raise your taxes? They will destroy your jobs, and they are going to knock the hell out of your borders, and that's already. We have the worst immigration laws in the history of mankind. We're slowly getting them changed. We want to make it quick. So give me some reinforcements, please, okay? Last week, as an example, the deputy chair of the Democratic National Committee, Congressman Keith Ellison, you know him? marched in a parade wearing a T-shirt 
that read, she was very proud of it, I do not believe in borders. But I have a lot of respect for Keith Ellison. You know why? Does everyone know why? So when I announced on June 16th, he was being interviewed by George Stephanopoulos on ABC. And in the interview, this was a couple of days after I announced, and Keith Ellison said, you know he's going to win, don't you? True. Right, Mike? He's true. He said, you know he's going to win. And George and somebody else there, I won't mention the name. Go ahead. They smiled a little bit respectfully. But Keith Ellison, he said he is going to win. And essentially, he was sort of indicating, and there's nothing you're going to be able to do. And that's what we did. So in one sense, I have to respect him. He said he's going to win. So you can never dislike a guy like that, can we? But they've got a big problem. A vote for a Democrat in November is a vote for those borders. And we have to do something strong. We are going to build the wall. We are already starting the wall. We're going to build the wall. You know, we've already started. We got 1.6 billion. We're fixing a lot of it. We're in San Diego. So here's what, here's a case study. San Diego wants the wall. And I said to my people, here's the bad news. If we give them the wall, we don't have an advocate. If we don't give them the wall, they're going to be putting a lot of pressure on Governor Moonbeam in California. Right? But you know what I did? Something I would normally not do, which means in life I'm getting nicer as I get older. I said, let's build a wall for San Diego, so we're building them the wall. I shouldn't have done it. Actually, I sort of changed my mind after we started. I called my people. I said, how much would it cost to stop building the wall in San Diego so they go out and advocate for us because they're desperate for their wall because they don't like people running over their front yards at all of the problems, right? Including, by the way, massive amounts of crime. I said, how much would it cost to stop? I'm in the construction business. It's what I do best. They got back to me. They said, sir, it'll cost approximately $7 million to stop. Now, that's not big numbers when you hear about the numbers we talk about. Seven million dollars to stop and restart it at a later date. I said, I can't do that to the American people. Keep building the wall, right? So we're building the wall, but we're, we're getting it all done. We're going to get rid of catch and release. We're going to get rid of we're going to get rid of the lottery system. We're going to go eventually, when I get the votes, I need Republicans 
We're going to go eventually to a merit-based system of immigration. Merit. You come in on merit. Your senator, Joe Donnelly, voted against enhanced vetting. Think of that. What? What in the world would anybody be doing voting against enhanced vetting? Why? And he opposed a measure to block illegal immigrants from getting welfare. And now you have places where they want to give college tuition to illegal immigrants, and your own kids can't get it. Your own kids can't get it. Joe Donnelly voted no on tax cuts, no on better health care, and he voted no on canceling job-killing regulations, which may be even more important than those incredible tax cuts. But he voted yes on something that we are systematically taking down. We got rid of the individual mandate. We have great plans coming out. He voted yes for failed Obamacare. And we're doing everything to keep those premiums down. But it's a failed experiment, Obamacare. But wait till you see the plans we have coming out, literally, over the next four weeks. We have great health care plans coming out, but we got rid of the individual mandate. Joe Donnelly will do whatever Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi tell him what to do. They don't ask him. They don't ask him. They tell him. They don't say, will you? They say, Joe, this is the way you're going to vote. Mike Braun will be a great, great representative of the people of Indiana. Mike Braun is a winner. Great businessman, by the way. Very successful businessman. Mike Braun will fight for the values that bind us all together as Americans. We support law and order, and we support the heroes in law enforcement. They're great. They're great. And they will tell you, surplus military equipment, right? We have it by the hundreds of millions of dollars, sitting in warehouses, getting old. Some of the best stuff anywhere in the world. And past administrations said, no, we can't give that to law enforcement. Someday, somebody's going to explain why, but I sort of get it. But it's not a good reason. That's about a 1% reason. We have a 99%. That equipment is being transferred all over the United States to our police and our law enforcement professionals. And we already have it. The other side said, but it's too good. It's too good. It's already paid for. We defend the Second Amendment. And don't kid yourself, it is under siege. 
We defend the right to self-defense. Never believe that your Second Amendment is not under siege. We believe that a strong nation must have strong borders. We have pride in our history and respect for our great American flag. And we put our large, beautiful hands on our hearts for the Pledge of Allegiance, right? And we proudly stand all the time we stand because we love that sound. We stand for our national anthem at all times. But if we're going to defend our values, we need people in Washington who share our values. Democrats, like Sleepin' Joe, say one thing when they're in Elkhart, and then they go to Washington and vote for the radical, liberal, agenda, it never, ever fails. You know, there's about 12 of them. You think you have their vote. And they talk a good game, but they always raise their hand for the radical left of Nancy Pelosi. Always. The Center for Effective Lawmaking named Joe Donnelly the least effective Democrat lawmaker in the United States Senate. I don't know, Mike, but I think that will be a very good phrase to run by. He's never sponsored a bill that has become a law. This November, Indiana will face an important choice. You can send a really incredible swamp person back to the Senate, like Joe Donnelly, or you can send us Republicans like Mike Braun to drain the swamp. Under my administration, we're fighting against the lobbyists, the special interests, and the corrupt Washington politics. After years of rebuilding foreign countries, of which a lot of people partake in the cost of rebuilding those foreign countries, we are finally rebuilding our country. We fight to build their borders, but we don't fight 
and spend no money to build our borders. Figure that one out. We're fighting, and we're finally putting America first. And remember, the last time I did this, and this started two and a half years ago when I just started, people were not saying Merry Christmas anymore. The big store chains weren't saying Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. They weren't doing it. They weren't saying Merry Christmas. Now they're saying Merry Christmas again. To bring back our jobs, we're cracking down on unfair trade. We want trade deals that are fair and, by the way, reciprocal. And we love our farmers. We're taking care of our farmers. And we love our factory workers. We love our workers. For decades, American presidents responded to foreign cheating on trade. Cheating. There's no other word for it. Cheating. They responded with silence. They didn't do anything. They were silent. Silencio. Let's not rock the boat. Oh, that's fine. We have a hundred billion trade deficit with Mexico. Think of it. Hundred billion trade deficit a year with Mexico. We have a trade deficit with almost every country in the world. We're changing that around rapidly. We racked up trillions of dollars in trade deficits, also known as losses, while other countries stole our factories, stole our plants, stole our wealth, and stole our jobs. But America's long silence is over. And you see what's happening. Car companies are coming back into the United States. They're moving back in. Chrysler just announced. Japan is building big ones. We're expanding our plants. And I put tariffs on steel, and I put tariffs on aluminum, and United States Steel just announced that they're expanding their factories, and they're building plants, and we're going to start making steel and aluminum again. America is respected again. Different ball game. Under my administration, we kept another important promise when we put a great new justice on the United States Supreme Court, Neil Gorsuch. And next week, after the promises of many administrations and presidents, and then they never did it. They campaigned, they promised, 
They never did it. Next week, we will finally open the American Embassy in Jerusalem. And I put one of my friends as the ambassador to Israel, David Friedman. Good I, a good choice is right. One of the great lawyers of our country, made a lot of money as a lawyer. But he loves Israel. He loves the United States, but he loves Israel. And they walked up to my desk about three months ago, right after I did it, because I said, let's go, we want to go, we want to build, we want to build fast. So they walk up to my desk, and they give me this beautiful folder, and I'm supposed to sign. I said, what is this? And I'm half-signed. They said, sir, we're building an embassy in Jerusalem, sir. I said, how much? Something other presidents don't ask, but that's okay. They said, I kid you not, they said, sir, one billion dollars. I said, a billion? You know what a billion dollars is? You have a beautiful house. It costs you about 50,000 bucks, right, to build. Hopefully, it's worth a lot more than that. But that's what it costs. So I said, a billion dollars? Yes, sir. We're looking for a site now. We're going to spend a lot of money on a site. Everyone's going to get rich on the embassy. So I called David. I'd stop signing, by the way. I had Donald, D-O-N-A-L-D, and then it was like dead ball. And then, I don't know if they still have it. Beautiful paper, very official looking. And then, all of a sudden, I stopped, never got to the T. And I started putting X's because I was afraid that somebody could say it was my signature. And I call up our ambassador. And I said, David, this is crazy. I said, we're going to build our embassy in Jerusalem. But they want a billion dollars. They're going to look for sites. Don't we have a site? He said, yeah, we have the best site. We already own it. And we have a building on the site. And I could take that building that's on the site, Mr. President, and I could take a corner of that building, a big, beautiful corner, and for $150,000, I can fix it. It'll be so beautiful. The location's better. It's set back, which is good for safety. And I can build it for $150,000. Think of that. Think of that. I said, David, so you're going to renovate the corner of a building that's going to be, it's going to be beautiful. The site is the best site, and we own it. The building is already built, and we can fix it. So think of it. We have government wanting to build a billion dollars in a site that would never be as good or as safe, because this is a big site, big setbacks. They want setbacks for safety. Makes sense. So I said, David, you can do that from a billion to 150. You know what? Spend two or 300,000, that's okay, too. <laughs> now think of it. And the reason I was very cognizant, because I was supposed to cut the ribbon of the new embassy in London. You know all that, sir. 
So we have the best piece of property in all of London. It's our embassy. And someone between the Bush administration and the Obama administration, Obama, they say Bush started it, but Obama could have stopped it. But let's say the two administrations, what they did is they said, wow, this is a great piece of property. We've been offered a lot of money, like 200 or 250 million. And what we'll do, because we're such great businessmen, what we're going to do is we're going to sell this best piece of property in London by far. By the way, literally, it's the, if you know New York, Fifth Avenue and 57th Street. Now I happen to have a building there, so I'll get up. But that is the best one. The Tiffany location. It's the Tiffany location. It's the best location, and it's a big location. And it's the best embassy location we have in the whole portfolio. But somebody said, what a great deal. We're going to sell that for, I think, 250 So let's say to, to a wealthy person. And they're going to rip it down. They're going to build a hotel or do something. And we sold this thing for 250 Now, everybody in this room, because you're from Indiana, you understand life. You would say, okay, good. Now you're going to build a new one for $50 million. You're going to have $200 million left over. You're going to have a nice embassy. You're going to, that's okay. But it didn't work that way in government. So they sold the embassy for like around $250 million. They then went out and bought a terrible piece of land in a lousy location. And they just opened a new embassy in a bad location for $1.2 billion. What a great deal. What a great deal. So three months ago, I was supposed to go over to cut the ribbon on the new embassy. But I couldn't do it. I said, I'm not doing it. I won't do it. Does that make sense? I'm not going to do it. So I did. Think of that story. Though. Isn't that a sad story? So much. I could give you 50 of those stories. It's all the same. It's all the same. I could give you so many. But just remember, when you see that embassy — oh, here's the other thing with the embassy. The new embassy, I said, when is it going to be open? They said, anywhere from five to ten years. So I said, unless they give me an extension for the presidency. Which I don't think the fake news media would be too happy about. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, they would be happy. Because when I'm not here, their ratings are going to sink, so they'll probably be very happy. So they said from five to ten years. Now, you know when they say from five to ten years, that means probably 15 or 20 years, right? So we open the embassy next week. Three months. Three months. Three months. Oh, I could tell you so many of those stories, but I won't — I won't tell you anymore. We have to save some. We only have about a thousand left. <laughs> Among the many grave national security blunders of the previous administration, one of the world's worst 
was the disastrous Iran nuclear deal, a deal that would allow Iran to go right to the brink of nuclear weapons and ultimately, very quickly, have a nuclear weapon. And by the way, other countries in the Middle East who do have money, all of a sudden, would be looking all over the place for nuclear weapons. That was going to force a disaster. The deal also gave the regime billions of dollars. How about this? $150 billion. And $1.8 billion in green. $1.8 billion in cash, which would be used to spread bedlam and death and destruction all over the Middle East. They're all over the Middle East. And with all of that being said, who knows? Because we're putting the harshest, strongest, most stringent sanctions on Iran. And I hope to be able to make a deal with them, a good deal, a fair deal, a good deal for them, better for them, better for them. But we cannot allow them to have nuclear weapons. We must be able to go to a site and check that site. We have to be able to go into their military bases to see whether or not they're cheating. Now, of course, we're all sure they're not cheating, but just in case. The Iran deal was one of the most embarrassing agreements the United States has ever entered into. You remember the 10 sailors who were humiliated in front of the world for no reason whatsoever. But once again, Democrat Joe Donnelly served his liberal handlers in Washington, not the great people of Indiana that I know so well. He voted to save the deal four times. But we saved the deal no longer. As we discussed another critical element of our national security, to me, probably one of the reasons we're all here in this great victory celebration is border security. We have many things to do, but we have already begun the construction of the wall, and so many other things are following. We will have those borders extremely strong, extremely powerful, and we will have laws that match the border. So if you think about it, the Democrats, they're weak on borders, weak on our military. We have, and the last deal, I had to do it. Our military was depleted. When did we need military more than we need great military right now? We got $700 billion to rebuild our military. It will be stronger than ever before.
So the Democrats, they fight against the borders. They fight to raise your taxes. They want to raise your taxes. They fight for all of the things that we don't stand for. And we're going to have a great victory in 18. You watch. We're going to have a great victory. History shows that when you win the presidency, two years later, the party, for whatever reason, like 90% of the time, the party that wins the presidency lose it out, it loses on the midterms. And the reason is, I guess they get a little bit complacent. We're not getting complacent, folks. We can't. If we elect more Republicans, we can truly deliver for all of our citizens. We're going to keep the promises anyway, whether we do or whether we don't. I'm going to keep that. We have delivered, and it was said by one of these gentlemen, we have delivered, one of the only times ever, more than we promised. I have delivered more than I promised, if you think about it. We will lift. Millions of Americans from welfare to work, from dependence to independence, and from poverty to prosperity. We will put New Steel into the spine of our country. And by the way, it will now be American-made steel. And we will breathe new hope into our communities. We will do it all with American hands, American grit, and American pride. Loyal citizens like you helped to build this country, and together we are taking back our great and beautiful country, returning power to everyday American people. These are the greatest of all people. In every action, with every decision, we will stand up for America, and we will stand up for the great state of Indiana. This is the state where generations of American patriots and pioneers plowed the fields, carved the wilderness, and work the factories of the great American Midwest. No place like it. It's the state that gave us Notre Dame football, Hoosier basketball, and the legendary Indy 500. With your help this November, Indiana will inspire our country again. No dream is beyond our reach. Our ancestors braved the oceans. They tamed the frontiers, put down the railroads, those beautiful railroads, built up the highways, and dug out the great Panama Canal. We are the nation that won two world wars.
And we are the nation that defeated communism and fascism and landed a man on the face of the moon. And always remember, we have picked up in wealth trillions and trillions of dollars for our country since our election, not my election, our election. And our economy, people forget, our economy, our economy is almost twice the size of any other economy of any other nation in the world. Remember that. People forget. People forget. People forget. We're not going to let them forget. As long as we are proud of who we are and what we are fighting for, we will never, ever fail. With your help, your voice, and with your vote, we will win. We will achieve victory for our country, victory for our children, and victory for this magnificent land that we all love, because we are Americans, and our hearts bleed red, white, and blue. We will never give in. We will never, ever give up. And we will never stop fighting for our country, our freedom, and our flag. We are one people, we are one family, and we are one nation under God. And together, we will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Indiana. We love you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you.